Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and uh, we're talking about logical relations right now. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about a point that came up in our last episode. Uh, basically, I just didn't know <laughs> enough to be able to say, uh, explain something. I just didn't know it myself, so I looked into it a little bit, which was, but I'm still feeling a little fuzzy on it. So um, hopefully talking with you about it will help clarify it. Uh, I'm hoping it will clarify it for me. And hopefully that will also have the benefit of being useful for you. Uh, so, you know, they say, I mean, teaching stuff, right? That's the best way to learn it. So here I am explaining it, hoping that it will help me learn it. Um, anyway, so uh, we're talking about um, these logical relations. And the, but before, sort of like, as I was saying last time, logical relations are kind of just this generalization to uh, of, of sort of, a binary relation over, well, no, it is actually, um, no, it's over, it's over, you know, values in some algebraic structures. And so we're relating, we're relating to algebraic structures with a logical relation. And anyway, so uh, the question though, so the starting point for the logical relation is just how do we interpret a term into an algebraic structure? And the algebraic structures in question here um, are, well, the starting point is so-called applicative structures that basically uh, interpret any constants that you have. We've talked about the fact where we have some signature that tells you there's these symbols and they have these simple types. And then um, the algebra is supposed to tell you the meanings of those symbols in terms of the meanings that the algebra assigns for the types, the simple types that those constants in the signature have. Uh, and it's also the applicative structure also has to have an application function, um, uh, which basically works like an applicative functor in the sense that you find it in Haskell. Um, uh, where the, the sort of the thing that plays the role of the functor in the, at the type level is the meaning of, a, of types. So that's a really convoluted, rather convoluted way to say each applicative structure has to have an application operation which, given something in the meaning of an arrow type and something else in the meaning of the domain part of that arrow type, will give you back some object in the meaning of the range type. Or the other way to look at it is you have to have this fun app function in your structure for each, uh, you have to have a fa family of them for all simple types, sigma and tau that are the domain and codomain parts of a function type. And so this app function for sigma and tau takes something in the meaning of sigma arrow tau and gives you a real function in a real meta level function from meaning of sigma to meaning of tau. So anyway, so applicative structures interpret the constants and they tell you how to apply functions. Because you say, I know how to apply functions. Well, the applicative structure is not required to interpret a function type as a set of functions. It could be a set of codes for functions. Or some, I mean, essentially that's what your options are. It can be a set of, some kind of code, set of codes for function because you have to have a decode uh, operation app in the structure. Anyway, so that's all fine and good. And what I was mentioning last time about not being totally sure about how it, work, how it works was um, how do we interpret uh, lambda abstractions? 
And yes, in the sources I've read for this, including John Mitchell's book, Programming Language Foundations, Foundations for Programming Languages, dang, I still can't remember what it is exactly, uh, something like that. And uh, from the 90s, um, 800 pages of pretty serious stuff. And uh, also, I have this great paper I've been enjoying studying um, together with a reading group here at Iowa. We're studying this called Prelogical Relations by Hansel and Sonella. Anyway, in both of these, applicative structures are sort of the starting point. And then you need to add on some extra conditions to get something where you can interpret lambda abstractions. And uh, the Hansel-Sonella paper calls them lambda applicative structures at that point. And the definition, um, I, I want to share with you a couple thoughts about this. So first, um, what, they, what the Hansel and Sonella say is that essentially what you do is you take your lambda abstractions, your, your terms that might have some lambda abstractions, some abstractions in them, you compile away those lambda abstractions to SK combinators. And if you're not familiar with that, um, that would be something worth digressing on for a little bit, although I'm not sure I have time before I get back home after my grocery run. I have a type 3 grocery run. And uh, so anyway, you, they, they say in the paper that essentially what you do is translate away your lambdas into SK combinators, and then we need to have interpretations for S and K combinators that work the way you expect. So, um, so a combinatory algebra is some applicative structure that also includes um, a family of S and K functions. And those S and K functions are required to satisfy the usual laws for S and K. And for S, if you haven't seen this stuff, it seems really out of, from out of space. S, the property, the property it's supposed to have is if you call S with A, B, and C, and let's see, given the way this is all set up, you might have to do app, use the app function of your applicative structure to do those calls. So if you apply S using app to A, and then apply that to B, and then apply that to C, which are elements of the appropriate, um, you know, meanings of the appropriate types, then you get back uh, the same thing. You get back, um, I always remember, S, A, B, C, you get back A, C applied to B, C. Um, and again, those are with app functions from the applicative structure. The easier one, of course, is K. K applied to A, the whole thing applied to B. K, A, B um, is just A. So, uh, yeah, again, it seems super cryptic if you're not familiar with it, but there's plenty of good resources if you're curious about SK combinators. Just, just search on the internet for SK combinators. You'll find plenty of quite decent sources to learn more about that. Uh, anyway, so... That's what they say. They say basically, um, you given a combinatory algebra, uh, it forms a lambda applicative structure by just this this step where you just interpret your lambdas to combinators, and then interpret the resulting lambda free terms that just have s's and k's and constants from the signature and applications. Then interpret those terms, um, you know, the way you you would do for your algebraic structure. Application, syntactic applications are interpreted as semantic applications and so forth. Um, and so that, that's what they kind of explain. And then, but they say, the sort of the starting definition though is to say, well, really we have these applicative structures that basically tell you how to interpret 
things that don't have lambdas in them. And then they say, now, to be a lambda applicative structure, and Mitchell has a similar definition, you, this applicative structure needs to come along with an interpretation function that can interpret terms, and this interpretation function has to satisfy some properties. And their properties, so it's, they don't, they're not telling you what the interpretation is, they're not giving a definition of it, they're just saying, they're giving a specification of it. It has to satisfy properties. And there's sort of things like, well, if you interpret a, a lambda abstraction, that the, the meaning of a lambda abstraction has to be the same as the meanings of its alpha equivalent lambda abstractions. Or, um, and since they have, uh, since they have um, lambda abstractions, we're talking about having free variables in terms as well. And so they'll say like, oh, the meaning of a term um, is the same as the meaning in, in one context is the same as the meaning of the term in a context where there's another variable added. So it's basically like a weakening property. So basically give a bunch of properties your, your, specific, your interpretation function should have. And they say that's a lambda applicative structure. And then they, they, there's a little lemma that says um, if, you're, if this thing satisfies sort of like a semantic equivalent of beta reduction, then it's equivalent to combinatory algebra. And I find the whole thing, I find this part of the discussion, this whole like uh, lambda applicative structure definition pretty annoying because it's like all of a sudden I have to be, my structure has to come with a meaning function for terms. Like that doesn't seem quite as independent uh, from syntax as I would hope to find for some semantic entity. So I find that a little dissatisfying. Um, but in the end, it's not, it's not dissatisfying to say you have a combinatory algebra. That seems pretty, you know, pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so that's what I'd want to say, sort of like how, addressing this gap from my episode last time of how do we interpret lambdas? And this is kind of what, what is said we're to do. Okay, uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening.